The Worst of the Best, Part 1. Today on Mouth Noises. All right, so we got a little bit of fun here. Werewolf was using the wrong mic and realized it halfway through. So if you're wondering why the audio quality sounds kind of funny, this is why. Also, now you're in on the joke before he even caught it. So enjoy. Everybody, hello, and welcome back to Press B to Cancel. That is a fitting substitute for Polish 109. <laughs> uh, okay, so today with me I have uh, Werewolf. Say, say hello. Hello. And then, of course, I am Guy Prime from the Retro Therapy. And today we are doing a uh, little mini cast, one of our Tap B to Cancel episodes, discussing <laughs> our least favorite parts of our favorite video games. It's kind of a spur of the moment. Well, not spur of the moment, but like seat of my pants. Uh, hey, let's talk about something. What do you want to talk about? How about we try this? And uh, so it wasn't like a, a, a planned out. Thing. We came up with the idea a couple of days ago instead of several weeks in advance, <laughs> but I feel very passionately about this particular topic, and I'm sure everybody out there does as well. But yeah, go and kind of explain to them, if you would, Werewolf, what exactly we're talking about today. Okay, so my perception of this was, you know, no no crapping on games that we hate, first off. Like, it's got to be games that we like. Uh, yes. So I, I stayed away from stuff like Werewolf. Like If you ask me the worst level I've ever played, it's in Werewolf the Last Warrior on the NES, but I don't like the game that much. So <laughs> I was like, that's too easy. <laughs> right, because <laughs> like, right, otherwise it would totally be Who Framed Roger Rabbit, but only the levels in the entire game. <laughs> now I'm sad because I like that one. <laughs> you know... I... <laughs> Objectively, it's not a great game. No, it's not. I am I am aware of its faults, and I'm okay with them, is the thing. Well, that's love. That's what we call love. <laughs> to be able to identify uh, how ugly or horrible something is and to, to go ahead and love it anyways. So I, I will respect that and never shit on that game again. I had one more stipulation for myself, in, okay. uh, and I mostly stuck to it. I didn't want to just like come out guns blazing with the last level of a game just because... Is difficult or hard, and it's kind of supposed to be. So I, I sort of left those on the floor, too, for the most part. Yeah, I, I agree. I think we're in agreement. Kind of my lens that I was looking through for this category was games that I'll get excited. Like, I'll have a, a whim to play it. I'll be like, oh, I'm going to pop this game in. I can't wait. I love this game. And then I start it, and, like, I'm a few minutes in, and I realize what's ahead of me. Like, oh, uh, I don't want to play that part. I'm just, I'll play something else. <laughs> like, games... Where you're excited and then the wind is taken out of your sails because you remember a part of it and then you just don't want to play the rest of it. Yeah, I, I get that. For me, the, the first one I was able to come up with was Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Okay. Now, <laughs> it, it, it's tricky because this one, it's basically just the entirety of the inverted castle. <laughs> Okay. And that's not because, you know, this this is the one where I said I come close to the, you know, end of the game supposed to be harder. It's because the the majority of the inverted castles uh enemy placement and hazard design and all that is just cheap. It's cheap and it hits too hard. And so it's it's not it it's stuff that never gets easier to deal with as you level up. It always hits too hard. It's always hidden. It's always in stupid places, and I hate that. So, like, the little... You get the little platforms, the little... Uh, they're like little carts that are hidden behind decorative pieces of the ceiling, which is now the floor. Fly out from behind those decorative pieces and stab the shit out of Alucard, and you take a ton of damage. And so you're constantly bunny hopping everywhere so you don't get hurt. Those are a pain in the ass. The Nova Skeletons just hit way too hard, no matter what. It's just the, the whole inverted castle is a mess. Yeah, and it's it's one of those kind of sections where, from what I've seen, because I, you know, full disclosure, I have yet to play Symphony of the Night, but I've seen so many people stream it. Uh, but that that part does kind of stick out like a like an unnecessary thorn, almost like it was shoehorned in there. And that's that's my opinion. But yeah. it kind of is like let's break up the game rhythm 
and just do this section real quick. And I think part of it is because, for the most part, once you hit the inverted castle, you really don't have a whole lot of game left. For some people, they didn't even know there was going to be more game after that part, you know? Mm. For some people, aside from that, they beat the game and got the bad ending in the the normal (laughs) castle, and that was the end, you know? So, (laughs) it is... I I feel like it's just a big chunk of game that was like, well, this will be easy to expand, like, double the game size. And so they, they didn't take as much care in fleshing out the inverted castle. And another thing, I hate that it's called the inverted castle, because that bitch is just flipped upside down. <laughs> it's not inverted. It's 180 degrees. <laughs> Interesting. I don't think I ever would have thought to call them that on the name like that. I like that. But it does kind of feel like it should have been a DLC that if they had released it as a DLC, it would have flopped. Yeah. Right? But, I mean, seeing as it was still a good chunk of the game, it's not the worst thing ever, but it's kind of a slog, especially when you first get there. That That is the key idea, that word right there. The slog. The slog parts of games that are like, oh, I gotta fucking do this shit, man. Ugh. That's the worst. So, I, kind of, this would be an interesting segue. My first one on my list is Metroid Prime. So, we went from a Metroidvania... <laughs> Segue, I'm, I'm illustrating the lines here so everybody can follow my, my train of thought. I love Metroid Prime. Great game. I've discussed playing it before the end of the year, and I still might. But the moment I said, hey, maybe we should play this on stream, I remembered <laughs> um, the the Ice Caverns. You know what I mean? Like, oh. getting the yeah, getting the gravity suit. I just, that entire section, I get I get lost, I get turned around. There's a number of parts in the map that are identical, uh, or there'll be like two towers, and it's easy to get turned around in. The markers, like the uh, the visual markers, are all obscured because if you are underwater, it's very hazy if you don't have the, the gravity suit yet. And I just, it's not that I don't like it, it's that I hate every aspect of it. <laughs> and <laughs> I would love to say they should have just taken out that chunk, but again, kind of kind of like what you're saying, it's a sizable chunk of the game and would definitely... You could feel it if it wasn't there. Yeah. But I, whenever it gets to that point, you know, I'm like, great. You know, the, the overworld is great. You know, the Talon overworld, the, the Magmore Caverns, uh, the shit's dope. And then I get to, like, the ice area and then the, the gravity suit. And I'm like, damn, do I want to continue? <laughs> and, of course, I always do. But there there have been a number of times where I've, I've thought I should play Prime. And I'm like, no, because I, I want to play 80% of the game, but the 20% that I don't want to play, I just really don't want to play. <laughs> I, I was just going to say, maybe if I played it more and got faster at it, uh, I, I wouldn't mind it so much because I'd be like, okay, whatever, we'll just run through it. But I hate it so much, I don't have the desire to play it more to get good at it. And so it's kind of a stalemate. Of, it, it's the toll. It's the... It's the the cost of playing that game that you don't pay up front, but will show up at like sixty percent through. We're like, oh fuck me. Metroid Prime has a problem that I've noticed in a lot of three D games, and I don't know if it's the game's fault or my fault. I'm gonna I, I tend to blame it on me, but exploring through the three D space, you know, after a certain amount of time, you would expect that you'd know the layout and not get so lost. And I always stay lost. And it's yeah. usually games like Grand Theft Auto that do that to me, but Metroid Prime did that to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All three of them. <laughs> but in the Ice Caverns, it was particularly bad. I constantly would go back out the, the door I came in, and I'd have to check the map, and I'd be frustrated with myself. <laughs> because I just came from that way. I'm like, wait, this looks just like the last <laughs> room I was in. It is. And I, I think there was one point where I did that two or three times in a row. I was so mad. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 the absolute worst. And, and, you know, that section of the game as well, unless you're outside, it's so darkly rendered that it, it is. It's easy to get turned around. And then I will never forget the first time I played through it because, you know, you go up this elevator shaft and then you are on a platform and you've got to, destroy you know two or three of these these bad guys with jetpacks and of course you're utilizing the entire space turning around 
shooting, turning it around again, blasting over here, searching for items, searching for power-ups, so that by the time you're done killing them, you have two identical doors, one in front of you, one behind you, but you don't know if you came from that way or if you're going that way. I think I know which one you're talking about. Is this this is top side with the towers? Yes. Okay. It again, it's in the ice area, and and you have to go to one of the one of the two towers and drop a super bomb, and it'll unlock your you know path to a, one of the the artifacts. But the very first time you go to that section, you can easily identify which one you've come from, which one you're going to, because one will be, you know, red on the map showing that you've been there before. The other one will be blue stating you have not yet opened that door. So the first time, not a problem. But every return trip, because that's how Metroid, you know, anything is, is you have to go there and then return there a few times. So on every subsequent return, it becomes difficult for somebody like me, who is <laughs> not, not, not wildly intelligent and notoriously bad at reading maps. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, had, I had issues with that place a few times, too. I would definitely walk in, come out, you know, come up the elevator, step outside, go to the other tower, or thought I went to the other tower, and somehow I'm back in the tower I came out of, and I don't get it. I feel like I don't have that bad a sense of direction, but I think when it comes to video games, I kind of do. Well, and again, if maybe, if they ever redid Prime again, they should have the sun moving in the sky, so we can get a sense of north, south, east, and west as it would pertain to these towers. That would be cool. I just just because, you know, the sun is stationary in that game and I have no idea where I'm going. I in real life, I have a, a, a decent sense of direction. But yeah, in, in Prime, no. Absolutely not. Yeah, it's a, it's like me in Southern California versus in Florida. When I lived in Southern California, I knew where every I, everywhere I went, I knew where I was because I could look at the mountains and be like, "Okay, that's that. That's All that. Right. I need to go that way." If I, ever, if I was ever lost somewhere, I could use the mountains to guide me before we had smartphones and maps in our pockets and all that. And then trip to Florida, same thing, except no mountains, no landmarks whatsoever. There's clouds. Those move all damn day. I'm going to find my way anywhere <laughs> using that. <laughs> I will. I'll give you. OK, because I used to live in, in South Florida for a time. And the compass that I use, the landmarks instead of the mountains, uh, is Hooters. You, you need to figure out where the closest Hooters is. Because they're like Starbucks down there. They, they were. How many blocks to the next Hooters? And then you can usually figure out. True, true North is where the Hooters is. <laughs> <laughs> what's wrong with me? Uh, okay, so, yeah, what's next on, on your list? Uh, my list, next on my list would be Mega Man 3. I absolutely love this game. I've beaten it numerous times. But I always, 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 when I've thought to throw this game in and start playing it, I forget about the Doc Robot segment. Yeah, yep. There's a momentary lapse of judgment in my brain where I forget that section exists, and I'm like, I'm going to play Mega Man 3, pop it in. <laughs> and then as I'm nearing the end of the eight robots, my brain just flips a switch, and I remember, oh, no. Oh no, I'm coming to the part that sucks and I hate and I want to die when it's over. <laughs> that is a I didn't think to put that on the list, but if I had thought of that, that absolutely would have been on, a, uh, been on my list as well. Cuz the Wily stages in that game, they're fun. The the regular yes. eight stages are so fun, but those four Doc Robot stages, ah. It's the phrase that I use with this game is it's just one thing too many. <laughs> They've already added so much to this game. Um, you know, in terms of, uh, that's the first one where you have Rush. I, I don't know, there's just a lot to it. And, you know, they, they introduce the whole Proto-Man arc. Uh, but yeah, to, to shoehorn in, there's that word again, to shoehorn in the the, the Doc Master robot fights, it's, it's just one thing too many. And they're tough. They're tough as shit. <laughs> and you, you know... You don't have the benefit of the doubt unless you played the game a lot. You don't have the benefit of remembering which two robots are in which stage. So I and I never remember who I'm fighting. I never remember the strats, who the weaknesses are. Oh, never. It's just a mess. It's awful. Man. And sometimes you don't even have the benefit of like, well, I knew what hurt them in the last game. 
what's kind of similar in this game because the weapons are so <laughs> varied and so different from Mega Man 2 almost entirely that you're I don't know. The, the best I can... Shadow Man's Ninja Star in place of Metal Man's yeah. weapon. That's all I got. That's, yep. <laughs> Woodman, you're going down. <laughs> Wait, when in doubt, try uh, Search Snake. That's what I've learned from 3. The most op weapon in that entire game is the snake weapon. Really? Hmm. Yeah, in, in my opinion. I'll have to remember that next I time I go to play it again. Now I want to try it. Like, I, I again, I haven't played 3 since I think the last Mega Man Marathon that we did. And I, oof, oof, I get excited. That's a great example because that is, with the exception of that middle section, that is a wonderful game. And people stand the fuck out of that game. And I would love to be there with them, but the dock robots take me out of it. Yeah, this was my first Mega Man game. Like It has all the hallmarks of I should love this game. It's my first Mega Man. It was still is my favorite in terms of music and gameplay mechanics and all that. I feel like 3 was super tight in everything except the Dark Robot stages. Yep, it was that one thing too much. I, I think my favorite Mega Man track of all time is actually the opening music to Mega Man 3. Oh, it's still, so I'll just have random mornings where I wake up in a good mood and feeling like I want to kick the day's ass and that song pops into my head and I start whistling it. That's interesting because <laughs> whenever I'm like in a, not a bluesy kind of mood or like a melancholic mood. That's what comes on because <laughs> it's, it's kind of chill. So for that to like eye of the tiger effect for you, I find to be awesome. Maybe I need to shift my perception of that song. My, my brain always thinks of the after it kicks up and goes fast paced. Mm-hmm. So it's oh, okay, the, the opener is like a, you know, a bluesy kind of warm up to the rest of the song. That's how I see it brilliant i love it all right so uh what is your second example here i'm curious okay so this one has a qualifier all right i okay so i've got this one with a qualifier i've got one that's an honorable honorable mention then i will discuss my all-time least favorite but the next one final fantasy 4 i know stop the presses gasp it's my favorite game (laughs) but when i was younger i always 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 wanted to play this game up until the sealed cave. So, you know, you're in the underground, you lose a lot of stuff to Golbez, you get Rydia back, but then you've got to go to the sealed cave, unlock it with Luca's necklace, and then you've got to run around. This has some tough bosses, and then every door that you go into, with very few exceptions, you have to fight an enemy called the Trapped Door. Mm. You can either kill it, if you're strong enough, or if you get it down to like 10% of its HP, it will transform into a chimera or other baddie. And I always would get to that part and be like, I don't I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> so I'd either reset it and then find a place to grind so I didn't, you know, whatever. It's a, it's a cool little section if you need to level up and you have the patience for it. Little me did not. And the reason this has a qualifier for it is there is a glitch that you can utilize in the game that will allow you to completely skip doing that section. Oh, really? And so now every time I play through it, I 100% of the time will will utilize that glitch. <laughs> Interesting. You know, I, I had thought about Final Fantasy IV, but I couldn't think of anything. And now that you bring that up, yes, absolutely. That is the worst part of that game. There there are other parts that are kind of sloggy uh, on four, but they're usually the side quests. Like doing, because it's a pretty big map. If you go and find Yong after he's blown up the the tower cannon or whatever, you know, and he's mm-hmm. chilling with the sylphs, getting to him if you don't know the terrain or if you're trying to collect every item in the cave, that can be a bit, you know, taxing. But again, it's an it's an optional thing. the The sealed cave was meant to be a thing you had to do. Now, what I'll do if it's okay is describe the glitch in case somebody is listening and they did not know about this and would like to utilize it. Yeah, I'm listening, and I would like to utilize this. Please explain. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So you get to the underworld. Uh, The Red Wings somehow beat you down there, even though you just opened up with the magma. Anyway, uh, they shoot down your ship outside of the castle, the Dwarven Castle. You go talk to the king. Something's happening in the chamber behind him, and you have to fight the 
Calcabrenna, bad guy, and then Golbez. You get Riddy back. The whole thing's dope. After you beat Golbez, the screen fades in, and you're standing back in the king's chambers. And he's like, oh, hey, I need to give you this so you can go to the sealed cave and collect this other dark crystal because Golbez just took it out of the crystal room, uh, you know, behind the, the throne. So what you have to do before you leave the throne room, access Rydia's magic, use warp. It will teleport you back into the throne or the crystal room behind the throne, and the dark crystal that Golbez just stole will be there. Uh, so then once you have that, you can leave. The game doesn't understand it was the Dwarven Castle dark crystal. It just understands that you have a dark crystal. So then you can get down to um, the sealed cave eventually. And uh, the moment you open the sealed cave with Luca's necklace, Kane will turn on you, steal the one dark crystal that you do have, and you don't got to do anything in the sealed cave whatsoever. Wow. Yep. You just got to use Rydia's warp. That is it. But you also have to do it before you leave the throne room. That's like the one major bullet point. Yeah. That's pretty impressive. I had no idea. Oh, man. The day I found out, I was... That's a time saver. It is. Well, yeah. If you're speed running, like, it's a, a, a required thing. It's a slog saver. But, uh, yes. Even if you're not speed running, if you just want to play the game and enjoy it a little bit more, that cuts that whole Michigas out. I hope I use that word correctly. I think you did. Okay, sweet. No expert on that, but <laughs> so, I think you did. What else do you got? How many war games uh, do you have tentatively on your list? Because I got two that I got ready, but I could probably think of more. I got two ready and an honorable mention that's just going to be a quick <laughs> bit of frustration from my childhood. So okay. I got Meridia from Super Metroid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> I hate that. Like Even once you have the gravity suit... Moving around that area still sucks, even though you're not slowed by the water. So it's just, it's a bad time all around. Like, the <laughs> First you have to, you know, basically walk through a swamp the whole way until you manage to get the gravity suit. And then once you finally got, hey, you know, I, I, I have mobility now. No, you don't. Not really. <laughs> Everything is just a little too high for Samus to jump or... There's enemies in the way for these little tiny platforms you need to get to, and down you go, 20, 30 feet, and you got to go around and do it again. It's <laughs> it's just so, so frustrating, and I this is another one of those ones that is blocked out until I get to it. Or, you know, by the end of it, I've finally got it down to where it's not bothering, any, bothering me anymore, so then I forget that it sucked. So next time I play, I'm like, oh, it won't be so bad. Oh, no, it's bad. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Oof. So we, we both have kind of like gravity-centric Metroid moments. Yeah. And I, yeah. Okay, so I had done a, a blind playthrough of, I guess it was a first playthrough of Super Metroid earlier this year, like January, February, right? Mm. And I got to that. I was digging the hell out of the game. Until that section. Things looked similar enough that I got lost easily, because, again, I'm, that's how I am. You're right. Everything was just out of reach jump-wise. If you weren't great at grappling or with the wall jumps, you were screwed. It was it was rough. That's a good call. Yeah, it's, <laughs> I have to say, um, a lot of people hate ice levels in games. And, and I get that. But for me, it was always water levels. And I almost had another water level on my list, but this, this area kind of edged it out. Well, now I have to know what was the other water level. The other water level was uh, from Blaster Master. Oh, okay, yeah. And you'd spend the whole game driving around feeling like a badass in a tank, and then you get one level where you have to swim around and shoot everything with your little pellet gun because the tank can't swim. Stupid non-swimming tanks. Yeah, right? I mean, by the end of the level, it can swim, but at the beginning of the level, it can't. How would you feel if they had done a first-person shooter, like a, a Metroid Prime version of Blaster Master? There's actually... <laughs> one of our famous tangents. Um, mm -hmm. There was actually a fan game called Helena Third that took the concept of Blaster Master and brought 3D to it. Now, this was well after the PlayStation game 
which already had done some 3D stuff, but it wasn't super first person. Like the first person in Blaster Master on PlayStation was not, or I don't, I would, not first person, but the uh, out of the tank was not that bad. But then this game actually made it feel like Doom kind of once you're out of the tank, and it's awful. It is the worst. So let's just stay away from it. Granted, Helena the Third was not a great game. <laughs> I love Blaster Master. I kind of even enjoy the bad ones. Helena the Third was not that great. I'm sorry, dude. I bought it when he was still developing it, but I was. <laughs> I got disappointed, is what I'm saying. But the, uh, no, doing it like Metroid Prime would be bad. Okay, okay, that's fair. I, I guess I didn't know that there was a PlayStation version that had tried to utilize some 3D stuff. I'm not even sure what is a PlayStation. I'm <laughs> kidding. Uh, okay. Oh, no. What? Okay? I'm using the wrong microphone this whole Uh-oh. time. I'm we sorry. We haven't recorded Paul. anything. Oh yeah, I've, it's recording, but the sound quality is gonna suck. Let me. Do we need to redo it? No, 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 no. Let me. It's. I'm. I'm sorry to our listeners. Let me swap to the right microphone. So let me pause for a second, and then you and I can clap. Well, okay. And while you pause for a second, just to make things easier on Polish, I'm just gonna fill the time with a rant about some shit that I don't like about Final Fantasy VII. So I just got done doing a Final Fantasy 1 through 7 marathon. We've talked about it. Final Fantasy 7 is one of the most beloved titles, and probably, in my opinion, humble, but <laughs> infinitely correct opinion. It is, it is a great game, but it is definitely not the be-all, end-all. 7 absolutely fits this category of, I want to play something big. I'm going to start this thing. It's going to be great. I love the story. I love everything. This game is so immersive. Until you leave Midgar. I'm not even crazy about doing the wall market. I'll go through there and like just give me a dress and a wig and let's do it. But I get through that. That ultimately doesn't take that long. But then you leave and you go to the town of Calm and Barrett and everybody's like, Hey, yo, Cloud, tell us everything that's happened up till now and some stuff that's not going to make any sense for a while. And Cloud's like, yeah, that sounds good. Let's do that. And <laughs> my opinion, for anybody who's listening, like if uh, the, the PlayStation uh, 5 remake people are listening for Final Fantasy VII. Make it mandatory to watch the first time, and then if you have a save file uh, from this game and you play it again, let him skip it. Same thing with the summons. Final Fantasy VII is an amazing game. Uh, graphically, you know, for what it was back in 97, granted a lot of people don't think it's aged well, but make them watch the summons when you use the summon the first time, and after that, let them skip through the animations of the summon if they want to. You know, have them press B to, to cancel. Yes, I understand. It's an X. But, okay, anyway. I'm just saying, the Calm flashback sequence is horrible. The uh, Let's Save Cloud from the Life Stream segment is is incredibly boring. And maybe it'll be more interesting with the better graphics from the PS5. But I just make it mandatory to watch the first time. And then if they ever replay the game, <clears throat> let them skip it. That's my advice. I was so excited to start up Final Fantasy VII, but it was even a, a, a more severe sense of dread because it was at the end of a marathon of one through seven. I was—I had already basically had my full of, fill of Final Fantasies. Uh, I was excited to start the final game, but then I left Midgar. I turn around, I see the village of Calm, and I'm like, "Oh no! Should I just do this off stream so I don't bore everybody who's watching me?" Of course, I didn't. We streamed it, but. Still, nobody came away better for it. And that, yeah, that's my piece on Final Fantasy VII. Okay. Awesome. Sounds good. Damn, I can't believe how, I I went back and listened (laughs) to that audio and it sounds just bad. Hopefully, I have some software that can maybe fix it. We'll see. Okay. Well, if you can't, you want to re-record, we can certainly do that as well. Uh, We'll see. But it's it's not going to be the quality it usually is, but at least I caught it before we went the entire episode, so there's yes. that. Okay, okay. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, so yeah, I just did a five-minute tangent on uh, Final Fantasy VII. Um, I was listening. I had mentioned... <laughs> okay, cool. I mentioned I had one like honorable mention, and I'll throw that out there real quick, and then we'll, we'll continue with your list, because uh, after that I'll only have one more, but it's bad. 
Uh, but no, the other one kind of honorable mention is uh, Ninja Turtles. The stage between finding the blimp and the Technodrome. I actually enjoy the Technodrome, but finding the Technodrome and it's in one of three different areas, I hate that. Oh. I, I understand that they say there's a glitch that you can utilize or um, an RNG hack. People think that it's randomly placed, the, uh, the Technodrome, you know, in one of these three tunnels. It's not... The part of the game that determines the placement for the Technodrome is tied into the opening music. So when you hit start for the first time during the opening theme song, that determines where the Technodrome will be. So I've tried it, but I only have about a 33% success rate. And then I realize it doesn't work for me at all because even if I didn't do it, I would still have a, a one in three chance of figuring it out. <laughs> yeah. It's like trying it's like trying to purposefully lose rock, paper, scissors. Because that's exactly as hard as trying to win rock, paper, scissors. You understand? <laughs> yeah. The thing is, I, I hate doing that stage unless I find it right away, in which case I don't hate it quite as much. So I didn't want to put it on the list because there's a chance the part that I hate may not happen. That's, that's my little blurb on that. It's an important part of the game. They couldn't cut it out. I get it. But it's just way too, too many things can really screw with you. And it's unnecessarily difficult. I I'd never played that far. I've never gotten that far in TMNT, so I. <laughs> but I have watched it. I've seen that segment and the 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 long play. I watched. This mm-hmm. person was amazing at this game. They were speed running it, but it was just a long play upload. It wasn't like a major speed run run attempt or anything. But mm-hmm. it I saw them hit multiple locations trying to find the Technodrome. Oof. They'd go in down a tunnel look try to find something, nothing, leave, go back into another one. I was like, what is this person doing? They're not getting anywhere. And then when they finally found the Technodrome, later I heard about how the Technodrome works. I was like, oh, that sucks. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it's interesting because it's the second to last stage. The tunnels are difficult. The bad guy is there. That's really the first time where the difficulty level is ramped up. So of the three locations where the Technodrome could be, there's three like underground areas and two buildings that you can go into. The buildings are tough, but you can replenish your life there. If you've lost a turtle, you can recover them. All these kind of things. If you go to, and my advice is always go to the northern one, uh, the northern cave. It is by far the easiest to, to traverse. And if you've done the... Uh, the uh, the start button thing, you know, to, to place the Technodrome there correctly, that's where it'll be. That cuts out a lot of time with speedrunning if you ever try that. Uh, but even if you just accidentally happen to find it there, you really feel like you've accomplished something. But if it's not there, you enter into that room and it's just empty, you kind of have this moment of, like, hanging your head and shuffling your feet. And you're like, man, I <laughs> thought I was on mile 21 of this marathon. Turns out I'm on mile like 17, and the next part is uphill. You're Charlie Brown on Halloween. Yes, yes. <laughs> or really, rock. really any day of Charlie Brown's life. That's what that feels like. The football. That, that's fair. Constantly being pulled away. <laughs> that's that's what that that's what that uh, supposed trick is. It's Lucy and the football. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You think you've got it, and then. <laughs> You don't find out for a while until you actually get there that the football has been pulled away and you fall on your back. Yep. Or your yeah, your shell, as it would be in this one. But no, honestly that, that one little aspect of the game is what prevents me from ever like trying to really want to speed run it. Because mm. I just you know, you could be having the run of your life and to have that football pulled out, I I would I'm not a ragey guy whatsoever, but I could see that happening. So I just, it's enough to deter me from playing it more. I love the game. I grew up with it. It's actually still my favorite of the Turtles games. But I just, mm-mm, no thank you. I'll play it when I, I, I have an event, and that's about it. My, that was that your honorable mention, you said? Yes, that was my honorable mention. My, my worst of the best will be next, but I want to hear from you first. Okay. Yeah. My honorable mention is Carnival Night Zone from Sonic 3. Ooh, ooh. Okay. And the reason for this is so stupid. I, I assume you're familiar with it. Where yes. you, you you get into the carnival. I I loved this game as a kid. I got it when it first came out. I played the crap out of it. 
I would always get stuck on Carnival Night Zone. I wouldn't be able to beat it. <laughs> like, it got to the point where I started cheating and would just go to the next stage using the code or whatever <laughs> and just beat the game from there yeah. because I was so frustrated with not being able to beat Carnival Night Zone. And one day, one day out of nowhere, I I'd tried to figure out how to get through Carnival Night Zone and I couldn't do it. I don't know why. Like, I couldn't find guides or anything. I was like, what is wrong with this? Why can't I figure <laughs> this out? Eventually, I realized that apparently you have these spinning cylinder platforms, right? These are where I would get stuck. And I'd try to jump on them and make them go way down or throw me way into the air, and I couldn't reach what was above. I couldn't make it go down far enough to get below it. It was frustrating. I'd get stuck on these every time. And apparently all you have to do is hold up to make it go up and trampoline downward and then hold down to make it trampoline down further and back and forth until you've got it going the distance you need. The game does not explain this to you. The manual does not explain this to you. I don't understand how nobody else got stuck here. <laughs> I I would I would almost equate that to the clock bridge in the Temple of the Ancients in Final Fantasy IV. Or seven, sorry. Ah. Somehow everybody else in the world knew what it was. I had no idea. <laughs> but no, I yeah, I get that. I, I don't remember... I don't know that I ever played that, but I know I've seen it a thousand times growing up because my, my brother loved Sonic, and he was the, the Genesis guy. I know the part you're talking about. I don't, I don't think I ever saw him struggle with it. <laughs> I, I tell you what I do remember <laughs> him struggling with is uh, the Casino Night from, the, I, th- I think, the first one, right? Or was that the second one? The second one. Yeah, we almost lost the house because of his, his damn gambling addiction. Oh, That's man. So. <laughs> 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 we don't talk about it. <laughs> no. No, but man, uh, yeah, there's some there's some tricky stuff. Like, they definitely amped it up for three. And, I, you know, I think if I were to have played it, I would be there exactly going through what you're talking about. Because, yeah, they don't explain it. They're like, just fuck with it till you figure it out or the time runs out and you rage. Either that or they do explain it in the manual and I was just never able to figure out where. Sure. Like they mention it's, it, but they don't say. It's entirely possible. Well, yeah, because manuals don't say, okay, now you're going to struggle at this part. Here's what you have to do. Yeah. Yeah. But I just, I couldn't. And it it's almost a shame because th- 3 is such a fun game and there were so many oh, great is. things in it. Yeah. That to have it kind of ruined with that is, uh, but it's their own fault. I hate to say it that way. <laughs> is that is that taking the easy way out is that uh is that gaslighting being like well sonic 3 or any of these games it's your own fault well the thing is sonic 3 it's i don't think there's a whole lot of things in the sonic series where you actually have to trampoline something up and down by literally standing still and holding the d-pad up yeah. or down to make it motion it's just not a thing that happens in the Sonic franchise. It's always go at it with inertia or it throws inertia at you, mm-hmm. one or the other. So it's never just stand still and make it do something right. by not moving. And so my brain didn't wasn't like, oh, yeah, this, is, this makes sense. No. <laughs> Sonic is about left and right. <laughs> yeah. And speed, <laughs> at least, you know, theoretically. So, yeah. I think we could agree halfway through the third installment of a franchise is a terrible place to introduce a required mechanic that will only be used once. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's good. All right. Well, I'm I'm sure your final is going to be more frustrating than mine, so I'll go ahead and throw mine out there. Do it. Uh, Super Mario World Choco Island. Okay. Interesting. Because it it never fails me that I struggle with trying to get out of that Choco Island loop. Mm-hmm. When I play Mario World, I want to do every level, get all the, you know, I want a 96 star it. Okay. Or star 96, however they mark it. But you have to be able to go through all the levels and get all the exits. And for Choco Island, there's one level where the actual required exit is a pain in the ass to get and plays a little with how many coins you get in the first screen, how fast you get out of the first screen before you get to the second screen. Is that what it is? And are rewarded with the object to get out. Yes. Because I, I know exactly the stage, but I, I all I know is I've done the loop until it lets me go. 
I don't think I've ever actually figured out what it is I have to do. Yeah, it has something to do with picking up less than a certain amount of coins and doing it under a certain amount of time. And that's how you're given the key in the next screen. So speed strats for Chaco Island. Yes. Okay. Speed strats, but also minimal strats. Right. Huh. So I think you have to, like, avoid killing the dinosaurs or something. I don't know. The idea is just, I I don't remember exactly what it is because I haven't looked it up in a couple years since I haven't played it in a couple years. (laughs) But it has to do with those three things, killing the dinosaurs, collecting coins, doing it in a certain amount of time. That makes sense. It's so frustrating to me that they walled progression behind hidden requirements that are just, arbitrary right right they're not secrets like visual cues or anything that you could otherwise pick up on for example there's a number of ghost houses in super mario world where i'm thinking of the one kind of toward the beginning of the game it's like the first or the second ghost house that you go into you've got to go into a room jump through the stairs and then do like one loop and then hit a block the second time and it'll turn into like um P block instead of an item. Do you, do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. That that you could do and then figure out. This other stuff is just unseen requirements, like you're saying. You know, like a timer and and low coin count. That sucks. Yeah, it'd be one thing if it was the way to one of the star roads or something like that. But I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure it is literally getting out of that loop to progress into Bowser's domain. Yeah. Damn. I get you. I get you. Okay. <laughs> well, no, because like I, I wouldn't. Have, that one wasn't even on my radar. But I, I think now that I'm processing, because you're you're telling me something I didn't know. You're giving me that new information of it involves doing this and this in this way, and I'm a little pissed off about it because that just means every time I've got it, it was only by sheer luck. Because I had no clue what I was doing. Oh man! And so to be this age, having played that game for so long. And never really going back and thinking, like, oh, i got to figure that out. I think probably gun to my head, I just assumed if you did it two or three times, it would let you go. But no, man, that's that's upsetting. <laughs> it is, right? Yeah. I've 100%ed it probably five times, and I didn't know that was all part of it until this last time. Yeah, I was today years old, yeah. It's terrible. <laughs> and, you know, I, that's one of those things how, like, your parents when you're a kid will be like, I'm not mad, I'm just disappointed. Like, that's how I feel. I'm not mad that they did that. I'm just disappointed that somebody thought, that's a great idea for this franchise. Because, again, kind of like what you were saying with Sonic, that's not something they do often. Yeah. So, and and by the end of the, this is pretty far into Super Mario World. So they've set a precedent for secret exits to levels already by this point. Mm-hmm. Chances are, if you're this far into the game, you know that there are alternate exits that are hard to find. Mm-hmm. But it's never the case for the progression exit. Right. And the that's mandatory. what's frustrating. Well, yeah. You're you're 100% right on that one, obviously. But I just also think Mario has always been a visual discovery game. You can look at things and figure it out. To just have something like that, I, I don't know. It, it feels outside of Mario. It just doesn't feel like a thing they would do. And to, and to put it so late in the game also. So, yeah. That sucks. <laughs> I'm upset that you've told me about this now. <laughs> it's like this burden of knowledge. Like, how am I supposed to continue on with life knowing this? And then I realize it's a video game I'm and sorry, everything's going to be okay. No, 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 no. That's my own thing. And I'll Merry work Christmas. <laughs> but now, yeah, I'm going to have to look that up, find out exactly the coin count and the time thing. And then I don't know who I need to write a letter to. But uh, <laughs> they'll be hearing from from me. On behalf of you. All right. So I know I, I'm pretty certain with what you were saying yesterday that mine has a parallel to yours. Mm-hmm. So let's hear your last one. Well, the parallel is that it's a Mario game. Yes. It's, it's Super Mario 64, Hazy Maze Cave. Where to start? So after finishing the Final Fantasy Marathon, I decided I wanted to do a 120-star run of Mario 64. Okay? Mm-hmm. I hadn't thought about the game in forever. Uh, a friend of mine, Captain High Five, was streaming it, and she had done her first ever 120 star. And I'm like, that looks like fun. I'm going to do that. So <laughs> I started up, and immediately, again, I'm like, 
oh yeah, I'm gonna have to do the uh, the Booze Haunted Castle. Ah, that'll be, that'll be all right. Oh fuck me, this is the game that has Hazy Maze Cave, and I immediately was like, maybe I could start Metroid Prime. <laughs> and then I remembered if I did that, I had to do the ice levels and get the gravity suit. So I went right back to Mario 64. But there's no okay. So to diverge from your thing with uh, new mechanics with Sonic and the time thing with with Mario. It's just a confusing and kind of shittily, if that's a word, design stage. So many of the the maps for the worlds in Mario 64 are a blast. A few of them are not quite as solid. Uh, there's, you know, one stage where you can control the, the water levels, and I know a lot of people don't like that because they're anti-water levels. Hazy Maze Cave is neither ice nor water. It's just a pain in the ass. <laughs> you start off the stage, you can go left, and if you go left... Those are perfectly fine. There's some some stars that you can get on the left path that are pretty easy and involve, like, cool scenery and the Loch Ness Monster. That I can get down on. Great. If you go right, you go into, like, this room that has floating platforms and you have to stand on them a certain way to determine which direction they're going to move. There's tight spaces that you have to run around. And then there's, of course, the eponymous Hazy Maze Cave which is a maze that is in a cave and is hazy from poison. So you constantly have to try to keep your head above the poison level, and there's it's easy to get turned around. There's two or three different um, sub-caves to go into that are, you know, above the, the main floor. It's just, it's fucky, and I don't like it. And I there have been a number of times where I've, I've wanted to play the game and decided to move on to something else because I knew I would have to do... Hazy Maze Cave. And to add insult to injury, if you're completing it with 120 stars, you've got to go back and get 120 coin or no, 100 coins in that stage as you do with all of them. But that is the absolute worst one to get 100 coins. No further questions, Your Honor. Yeah, this is the one that gives you a map all over the place, right? Yeah, but even the map sucks. Like, it, it's yeah. kind of like, <laughs> it, it's kind of like the, uh, the ice level... Or the, the Great Glaciers from, from Final Fantasy VII. You have a map, but you don't need the map because the map doesn't really translate well. Convey the information you need. Right. Or you feel like maybe <laughs> they they just straight up lied to you and said, we'll put it in there, but nobody will look at it. Just It's fine. <laughs> Here's a map. We'll make it look like it's right, but really it's more like the train lines in New York. They don't really accurately reflect the shape <laughs> of New York. They're just there. Yeah. <laughs> Like, is the, is the L train really, is it a cursive L? I don't really understand it. Like, yeah, if you take this path, you'll end up where that path went. But, <laughs> you know, who knows how long it'll actually take you to get there and what kind of hell you'll have to go through. The ultimate troll. And I, I, let me say this to Nintendo and, and Sony, if you guys and gals are listening. Every release of Mario 64 from this day forward, the map to Hazy Maze should be the map to the Final Fantasy VII Great Glaciers. And Final Fantasy VII, because they're doing that remake... Let your map be the maze to Hazy Maze. And <laughs> let's bury the hatchet and, and, you know, just piss everybody off. In the name of pissing everybody off, be friends. <laughs> that was the most pointless rant I think I've ever gone on. Thank you all for sitting through it. Ugh, uh, man, like, this is a good good discussion, but my, my blood pressure is definitely Yeah, elevated. I was going to say, I, I think we've conjured up enough salt. Yes, that's what it is. Uh, and so anybody who's listening, if you've made it this far into the episode, first off, thank you. Uh, join us on our Discord and give us a couple of, uh, not ge- specifically games, but the levels in those games that have made you want to not play them. Like, I want to hear everybody's opinions and thoughts. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to hear this stuff. I want to know what makes other people salty about their favorite games. Yeah, and that's, that's again, that's the hang-up there is it's got to be a game that you love with the section that you despise. Yes. How you doing? You doing okay, Wolf? Um, I, I think I need some medication. I'm, I'm. Yeah. Where, where's my? Where's, uh, I forget the name of the blood pressure medicine. Otherwise, that would have been a solid joke. Damn it. Uh, but no, I'm. I'm gonna have to look up. Like I said, the uh, the Mario World thing. I don't know if I'll go back and try the Sonic thing. But the, yeah, this the, yours. Yours was a good list. I think you nailed it on the head with um, with every entry. So well done. Thank you. And yours were damn good too. 
<laughs> I couldn't remember the Hazy Maze Cave, but I had to go back and look it up. And then as soon as I saw the level, <laughs> oh. Yeah. Yeah, it's that feeling. Yeah, that of, one's bad. Yeah. I feel like yours were yours was a list that most people listening would be like, yes, that guy's exactly right. And <laughs> I think if people hear my list, they're going to be like, suck it up, GP. <laughs> I think these are things that just upset me. Um, and, and maybe a couple of other people, but yours are pretty universal. So well done. And I, I like that. I like that we had different lists. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I was, I was almost thinking that we might have one or two crossovers and a little bit surprised we didn't, but also glad we didn't. No, I was saying we, we both don't like certain aspects of very specific Mario games, but we both can agree that the gravity areas of, of Metroid games are where it goes downhill. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So that was good. Solid. So uh, we should probably wrap it up, huh? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Well, go ahead and tell the people where they can find you. Uh, you can find me streaming on Twitch, W-A-R-E-W-U-L-F-F. And sometimes I share interesting stories about antics with my child on Twitter. <laughs> oh, motherfucking. <laughs> what you might have just seen was uh, anybody who follows, this will give you an idea of when we recorded this. I just posted my Clifford Cujo picture. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's wonderful. Yeah, and I'm sorry, that um a fucking uh, thing. I, I just now saw that clip. Somebody posted it in, in my stream last night. I watched it about 14 times. You know what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> yeah, I do. Okay, I good. Do. Good, good, good. I, I played uh, Pacify. Yeah. And I knew she was going to get me, and it still got me. <laughs> this is why I don't play scary games. <laughs> but this is also why you need to continue to play. <laughs> or maybe why I should. <laughs> All right, and then, yeah, my name is, is Guy Prime. You can find me on Twitch and YouTube and Instagram and Twitter, all as The Retro Therapy. So, yeah, you can find me there. And then, of course, here on Press Be to Cancel with, uh, with all of you fine folks. So uh, thank you again for listening to us. And um, Werewolf, you got anything else you want to say? Oh, my fucking. <laughs> I'm, Couldn't think I'm, of a good one. I'm dead. That was perfect. <laughs> All right, so yeah, until next time, everybody, take care, be well. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening. Have a good one, folks. Remember to join the conversation at our Press B to Cancel Discord over at bit.ly slash press B to Cancel. Also, you can find us on Patreon as well. Ko-fi, Ko-fi, Coffee, whatever it is. Check out the links. Check out the social media. Thanks, everybody. Special thanks for music. Go to Arthur the Last Ancient on Spotify or The Last Ancient on Bandcamp. For more episodes, please visit our website at pressbtocancel.com. As well, feel free to like, comment, and subscribe at Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, or anywhere else you'd like to listen to your favorite shows. As always, thank you. This has been Press B to Cancel.